know that some in our audience know the finer points of hockey. The Chris Johnston Show. We are your friends. The biggest stories, bringing you inside the game. What did you hear? The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction. Wanna bet? What is going on? Here's Chris with your host, Julian McKenzie. Part of the game. We've got some hockey topics to get to, but I have to mention this, CJ, because it is the first day. I know you're a big Blue Jays fan. Happy opening day. Thank you. It feels good to get here. Truth be told, I am a monster Jays fan, and obviously I'm paying attention today and this week, but we so quickly get into the Stanley Cup playoffs that I, I basically can't really tune in until like late June, early July. So my hope every season is that the Jays will still be playing relevant games come the early part of the summer when I can kick back and go down to the Dome and have some dollar hot dogs and check out this new stadium that they're they've renovated. So that is my wish. I mean, obviously I wish for them to win the world series. I want to see them play in the playoffs, all that stuff, but just play meaningful ball in July and August when I can really live and die with it each day. When you go to uh, the dome, will you have yourself one of those uh, puts in hot dogs that they're selling? Not even a doubt in my mind. I'll try that. Wow, you're. I saw Gord Miller hating on it. Like it's so popular oh. to hate. What? What's with that? Like I'm not saying it'll be good, but I'm gonna give it a shot. It looks disgusting. <laughs> Come on, it does. I'm not I love eating poutine, that. and I love hot dogs. So why not see how they mix together? Okay, before we uh, turn this into a food podcast or some kind of argument breaks out in terms of our food preferences, let's talk about. The NHL. Okay. Let's save ourselves from another debate, please. So you're I'm saying you wouldn't you. eat that hot dog? Hell no. I'm not eating that hot dog. Are you nuts? Like you wouldn't try it? No, absolutely are not. You, are you a picky eater? Maybe in some respects, but like I'm not eating that. Oh man. I think you're missing out. Like I have a feeling it's going to be like <laughs> 10 out of 10. No, I just, no, just. Putin is fine on its own with just the fries, the curds, the gravy. If you want to add like meat and stuff, that's fine too. I don't like the idea of eating it in a glizzy. I, I don't like that idea at all. What's the difference though? If you're adding meat in versus putting it on top of CJ, the meat, like what's the difference? CJ, we don't, we don't have time to get into this. Well, I have a feeling that the people are with me on this. Like I think, no, CJ. <laughs> I think I think that this. you've taken an unpopular stand to start this pod, and I'm not willing to just move on to the hockey. Not while you're having these ridiculous okay. takes. Okay, like you. Okay, so you're, so you're okay with meat in the poutine, but you don't want the poutine on the meat. <laughs> I don't want the poutine in the meat that way. I don't. I for me, with I'm picky with hot dogs. I only like mustard and maybe like relish on a hot dog but like uh, i traditionally just want mustard i don't need extra shit on there i don't oh man I, i'll put like chopped onions a little bit of ketchup some that's mustard. fine that's that's perfect sure. some, some pickles in the right situation i mean but not and, not and i'll tell poutine. you i have a that's feeling like my affront. mind my mind is gonna be blown when i have poutine on a hot dog like i'm actually excited <laughs> for it Okay, I need you to. Okay, when you eventually try this abomination, please tweet you eating. No, actually, you know what? Don't do that. You might get memed, but at least give us your thoughts on the hot dog, okay? 
Well, I'm, I'm going to have a camera crew from the SDPN there. I'm going to document the whole thing. We should still have a, an SDPN outing at a Blue Jays game. That would be fun. Of course. Well, and, and you're, I'll buy you the first $10 poutine hot dog. I mean, it's a deal too. 10 bucks doesn't go very far in those, in that stadium. So the fact that they've, they've offered it for a hot dog, dude, have you been to a sports stadium lately? Don't do this. I know, I know prices are up there for that, but $10 for a glizzy. I went to an AHL game recently and it was like 17 bucks for one beer at an AHL game. Like, and I'm not even talking like a fancy beer. It was just like whatever generic brand. Like I'm just saying, ten bucks—they're huh. practically giving it away by arena prices. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this. I'd rather just buy the hot dog from a store and just like eat it at home. Why would I spend ten dollars on a Putsin hot dog? Five—I get it for like a regular hot dog, not ten for that. Well, we'll go on a Tuesday night, and it's dollar hot dogs for the Jays. I, Absolutely. I had set seven was my high water mark last year on a given night, so. That's the bar. Oh, can you beat seven? I, I could. I, I don't know if I want to because seven. I put it that way. The night that I had seven, eight was not even a consideration. So <laughs> you're pushing. Seven was like that, clearly was the last of, dog. This is the greatest start to a CJ show I've ever done. Fitting. It comes on episode 150 of this show. I know, and I'm in a suit too. So, I mean, we're having a very professional discussion. <laughs> yeah, it's another reason why you should be having. Imagine you're trying that out in a suit. I hope you don't do that. Wear like a t-shirt or something. Oh yeah, I'll wear like an SDPN t-shirt. Okay. Are you ready to talk hockey now? Yeah, I mean, now that we've at least exposed you for a very faulty argument about the poutine hot dog. Oh my God! Let's not do this. Oh my God! Come oh on, people. my! Rally behind me! What's here. wrong with the Winnipeg support. Jets? The What's Jets? wrong with the Winnipeg Jets, CJ? Yeah, let's talk about the Winnipeg Jets. Okay, they lose to San Jose this week. Rick Bonus does not look happy. There's that uh, the presser uh, where he's all like, if some guys think they're giving their all, they're dreaming. Some people are wondering if there's beef between him and Mark Shifley because he might have rolled his eyes a certain way at a question that mentioned him. They're only two points up on Calgary in the wildcard chase as of this recording. What's wrong with the Winnipeg Jets? It feels like every episode now we have to talk about a team that is going through it. And today, the Winnipeg Jets are a part of it. When I look at the Jets, I see a team that's badly in need of a hot dog outing. They need some kind of team bonding event over. <laughs> Come back, Julian. Come back and I'll give a real answer. I can't do this, bro. <laughs> what is going on? Focus. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty un, it's pretty uncanny what's going on there though, right? I mean they they have nine goals scored in the last seven games as of this recording, and so if yes. you look at the Jets, like for all the problems that they've had, even going back to the Paul Maurice era, or 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 what have you, I mean goal scoring has not been an issue. They they've, they've had a you know pretty good deep teams, and so you know I think that everyone's gone cold at the wrong time, obviously. There's a bit of chafe there with the players and the coach. I don't think that's a bad thing, by the way. Like Jared Bednar and Nathan McKinnon got in an 
like outright argument on the bench the same year the Colorado Avalanche won a Stanley Cup. You know, Scotty Bowman to go way back, you know, had lots of players who hated him and they won Stanley Cup. So I don't think a little chafe is necessarily bad on either end of it, but it's they're they're in it right now. They are they're absolutely in it. And they're they got a big offseason coming, right? I think that it's hard. I mean, I'm not saying the players are thinking of that in the moment because I really don't believe they are. Uh, but you know, it's for the rest of us on the outside, I, I think it's fair to look at some big decisions this summer, how this is all gonna work. And and man, like they have to make the playoffs with the start of the season they had, with the goaltending they have, um, even with the players they have up front. I know the guys aren't scoring of late, but you know, they, they have too much firepower to miss. And so there's there's big pressure there. And I think that that's what you're seeing right now. It's 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 coming apart at the seams a little bit because there's so much pressure and because it's not working and you know, there's not a lot of time, right. It feels like they play every other night. Uh, you know, they're keeping Mark Shifley from speaking to the media. You know, they're, they're trying to shield every, like they're basically they're in triage mode right now. They're, they're trying to shield everyone from as much crap as they can, but it, the crap is hitting them from every angle. And the truth of the matter is all they have to do is find a way to win games. And if they don't, I mean, there's a pretty big game coming up, Calgary in Winnipeg uh, on, on the calendar. You know, that's the only team actually on the Flames remaining schedule, which I know you will know that's currently in a playoff spot. And so this is probably going to go down to the wire and, and you've got two Canadian teams. So that's two intense fan bases and media sets of media coverage. So uh, this is a, a pretty volatile situation. If I had a calendar in front of me and I looked at the dates uh, in April, uh, there would be two dates circled, April 11th, because that is my birthday, and April 5th, because, yes, that is the date when the uh, Winnipeg Jets and the Calgary Flames would be playing against each other. I have that date circled. That is probably going to be the Calgary Flames' biggest game of the season. That might be their season. And at this rate with the Winnipeg Jets, it might be their season as well. I get that the Nashville Predators are looking around right now. They still have, I think, two games in hand, I think, on both Winnipeg and Calgary. But they also have a tough schedule as well. I'm still expecting that wild card chase to come down between Calgary and Winnipeg, and that get, and their seasons. It, it really might come down to that Wednesday, April fifth game. Right, and you got jobs in the balance. You got big roster decisions hanging in the balance in the background of all of it. I mean, it's it's going to be high drama stuff, and that's I mean that's really what you're seeing in Winnipeg. It's not the kind of drama anyone wants. Um, you know, obviously tremendous support for that team in that market, but you know they're they're you know, they got home games now and I'm just wondering what the reaction is going to be. I mean, this is, this has been the first season really, or maybe last year as well, where they didn't sell out every game in Winnipeg. Like, you know, I think that there's a little bit of, you know, they, they built in some stagnation there. There's some frustration building. And and then obviously the guys that are paid to score aren't scoring goals and, and the team isn't scoring goals. And so you're not going to win anything with that. And, and, you know, losing to San Jose at the end of a road trip and coming home. I mean, this is, this is this is what it's this is pro sports so right like the, the 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 stakes kind of are for the regular season the stakes are as high for these teams as they can be and there is a big difference between getting in and not i mean whether either team advances beyond the first round i mean it's it's actual money in the owners pockets it's excitement for the fan bases i mean there's there's a lot riding on this and you know what's cool is we're down to two and a bit weeks left in the season and every game is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger as we go along and if it doesn't work out for the Jets, much like the Flames in this situation, too, it kind of feels like for both of those teams, I know we're focusing on both of those teams, but I think it's 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 fitting here. 
it's like if you win and make the playoffs, maybe things will be all good in the offseason. If you lose, if you don't make it, you're in for a world of changes. Like it's it's basically battling each other to avoid an unpleasant offseason. And hey, you know what? Maybe that's still going to happen anyway. Well, in an early offseason, right? Like neither of these teams, especially Calgary, but I think even Winnipeg, you know, thought they'd be done on April 14th. And the, and the reality is one of them at least will be done. I guess there's an outside chance both will be done then. But certainly this is that it's gone down to the wire to this degree probably isn't what I was expecting, especially with the start the Jets had. I mean, the first half there was was roses, right? It was like every everything Rick Bonus touched was turning to gold and you had Josh Norrissey conversations and Hellebuck was great. And, and, you know, Shifley was having the best year of his career. I mean, as we're recording this, he hasn't scored in nine games. His next goal will be his career best 39th, but for nine games, he has, you know, taken the ice and been unable to find that goal. I mean, he was having a great season and it sort of turned, um, you know, in the wrong direction here over this nine game stretch, but it's the most important nine games of the year. And so this this amps the pressure. I think that that's why there's so much discussion about the interplay between the coach and player. Um, you know, I think some of it's overblown, quite honestly. But you know, what what shouldn't be overblown is is what rides on this season for the team. And you know, look, Shifley has one more year after this one before he can be an unrestricted free agent. The same goes for Connor Hellbuck, for Blake Wheeler, Pierre Luc Dubois is entering uh, the last RFA year of his career. He needs a new contract this summer. You know, could just be a qualifying offer of six million, and then he becomes a free agent potentially in the summer of 2024. So there's, there's a lot of kind of dynamics um, in Winnipeg, but really the only one in the dressing room or that management and coaching staff and players should care about right now is winning the games in front of them and getting into the playoffs. Anything else you want to add about Winnipeg before we get to sports interaction? Uh, and then we're going to touch off on some comments from Keith Kachuk uh, and uh, the Marty Walsh uh, press conference uh, from today. No, just get your popcorn and hot dogs ready and watch those Jets games, my friend. Time for You Can Bet That. You Can Bet That with David Bastel. Brought to you by Sports Interaction. Get in the action and make a play. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Welcome to a hot, hopefully a hot dog free version of You Can Bet That. Uh, remember to hit up sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN for all of your gaming needs uh pick this one up from a sports interaction uh will there be five 50 plus goal scores this year uh, Connor mcdavid's at 60 pasternak is at 52 and then after that you have miko rantanen in the in the hunt two away from 50 leon dreisaitl uh three away from 50 as is braden point and if you want to look further down tage thompson alexander ovechkin and jason robertson as well as jack hughes they are 40 and up but still in that bottom half of the 40 but uh there could be a chance we could get five or more 50 goal scores uh yes uh at uh 1.30 uh no at 3.20 those are the odds given to us by sports interaction oh i'm betting you know i'm taking five there I'm I'm bullish on this because, you know, one thing that happens, Julian, is you get to this point in the season and those guys that are so close, especially a Braden Point, a Miko Rantan, and, you know, players that have never scored 50 previously in their career, their teammates are looking for them at every opportunity. The power play all of a sudden is running through their side of the ice or there's, there's you know, design plays to try to get them those goals. I, I think that those things can be nice team achievements and, you know, especially a team like Tampa kind of locked into their spot in the standings. Like something like this is something that can, you know, everyone can rally behind. So I, I think that that you'll see the those players get to 50 and, and give us at least five. And 
I wouldn't even surprise me if someone down the list had a late surge and scored a bunch in the last week or two of the season. I, I just think that 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 tends to be how it goes. And you know, for for players that aren't named Ovechkin or Drysaitel that have scored fifty a bunch in their careers, I mean, some guys know that this might be the one chance they have to do it if you're this close. So I think uh, I think there'll be a lot of high shot nights from the players that are in the mid to to even above that in the forties uh, between now and the end of the regular season. Absolutely, I, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm thinking we're going to get five. I would love it though. If like Tage Thompson went on some insane hot streak to end the year, though, I know he's at 42, but what a year it's been for this guy. I wonder if he'll get MVP votes when it's all said and done because of the monster season he's been having. But like 42 goals for him. That's that is just incredible. We've raved about him all year. I just I just want that quick mention of Tage Thompson. Yeah, there was a point early in the year. I thought Robertson and Thompson might do it. You know, they, they obviously cooled off a little bit, but, you know, both those guys had really great. So, I mean, they've broken out in the past, but this is, they built on other sort of prior breakout seasons, I guess, and, and took their games to a new level this year. And, and, you know, in the case of Robertson, he's going to get to go to the playoffs with the Dallas stars. So um, yeah, if, if you don't quite get to 50, it doesn't satisfy the bet, but scoring 47 or something is still a pretty impressive season, uh, you know, wherever those guys end up. Don't forget to check out sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN for all the best odds before game in game and the best props sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. This episode of The Chris Johnston Show is brought to you by NordVPN. Do you ever get frustrated that you can't watch certain live sporting events because they're not televised or available in your country? With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a country that is showing the sports event that you want to watch so you don't miss out and you can watch the action live. What about if you want to watch a new TV show or a new movie? You get really all excited and amped to watch it? It's not available on the streaming service that you have. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location and you can access different streaming services from over 60 countries at no extra cost. This opens up a Pandora's box of entertaining content, which you wouldn't be able to access without NordVPN. It's the price of a cup of coffee every month and a small price to pay for premium cybersecurity and access to a vast amount of entertaining content from all over the world. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash cjshow to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Get your exclusive NordVPN deal at nordvpn.com slash cjshow. This episode of The Chris Johnston Show is brought to you by Manscaped. Breaking news, Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's health with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature look, and now you can use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using the code CJSHOW for 20% off and free shipping. First off, this cordless trimmer has a, rot has a rotary wheel. Rotary wheel. I can speak English. It gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard, so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. That's right. Face grooming doesn't have to be hard. Just 20 different beards all in one guard. Also in the kit, beard shampoo, conditioner, beard oil, and beard balm. It could be yours, plus 20% off and free shipping, just as long as you use the code CJSHOW once you hit up manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped using the code CJ show. So you're probably, if you're watching this on YouTube, 
you're probably wondering why is my background not blurry uh and cj has switched from his suit to his uh black uh the city hoodie uh we uh went through a bit of a technical difficulty with uh, the recording of our show and uh we're actually recording uh this part of the episode again which means for the second time in the history of our show there is a lost episode that probably no one will ever get to hear well i don't think especially in this case i mean if producer nick was a pilot we'd all be dead <laughs> i know you've made that joke before it's know, still I... wild every time you say it it's a little too much for you eh do you know where i stole God it damn. from i used to cover golf back in the day and i wish i remembered the name of the player but this is way back. This is 10 or 15 years ago. A guy was leading the Canadian Open and he blew it in spectacular fashion. And then the next year when he came and it's fine, he came back to the, the tournament the next year. And everyone's like, you know, how did you process that tough loss? He said, I went home and my dad said, boy, if you were a pilot, we'd all be dead. And we had a laugh about it. I don't know why that's so I've totally stolen this line from a, an old golf story. And I, I do find it funny. I use it on myself all the time. I'm actually not trying to turn the heat on producer Nick. He makes us look good. He saves our butt all the time. So I'm actually fine to redo this. Me too. I'm I'm fine. I, there are worse things to do. There are worse things to have to recreate uh, because of some technical difficulties. But I was not putting Zoom. my suit back on, just so you know, like for the benefit of the YouTube no. crowd. That's, by the way, the city hoodie, that's my favorite hoodie that you wear when we do these shows. Oh, wow. It's This is an oldie. Probably 12 years old. 12 years old? Really? Yeah. This is like, you, you, I mean, you're literally, you're bumming around in my house with me at this point. Like, when I'm wearing this, like, I haven't worn this outside in probably a few years. Like, this is literally just like PJ, CJ. So, like, you have hoodies you exclusively wear inside? Not Not like many, but this would be one of them. Okay. All right. Well, on a future episode of the CJ show, uh, we will go through CJ's wardrobe and figure out what are his inside clothes or his out and his outside clothes. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll actually talk. We'll talk hockey. Okay. We've, we've gone through the fun stuff enough. Uh, let's talk about the Florida Panthers again. Uh, they uh, played against the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, yesterday. Uh, as we're recording, they're, they're playing against the Montreal Canadiens. I saw that uh, Sean Farrell scored his first NHL goal uh, against the Florida Panthers. But we should touch off on some comments made by uh, one Keith Kachuk, whose uh, son, uh, Matthew, plays for the Florida Panthers. Uh, he said that uh, the Panthers are soft, among a few other things. Siege, what are your thoughts on the Florida Panthers right now? Well, I actually think, as weird as this might sound, that there's people within the Panthers organization or around that team that don't mind that Keith Kachuk kind of put them on blast a little bit. And mm. I'm going to tell you why. This is a team that doesn't get a lot of heat applied to it, right? I mean, look, these are proud professional athletes. They have great players. We're talking about the President's Trophy winners from last year. But there isn't a lot of heat in their marketplace. There's not a lot of media kind of speculation and drivel around them. And, and I realize some of the teams that, that have that deal with that every day are like, wow, they're lucky. But I do think that there's an element of, it's nice to have someone kind of holding some feet to the fire here. And, you know, it's been an interesting week, right? I mean, the Panthers lost four in a row in regulation right on the cusp of the Eastern Conference wildcard race. They go into Toronto. They actually kind of laid an egg there. Full shout out to Alex Lyon, their, their third string goalie who, who had an awesome game 
It was not played a lot over the years in the NHL, and, and but was full value for helping them win the game in Toronto. Um, starting again in Montreal for a game that's going on as we're recording right now. But, you know, they're, they're still in this thing. And I, I think that they don't mind getting a little external push. I think even as weird as it sounds, this whole Brooks Kapka thing with Aaron Ekblad is sort of strange as that is. Like, this is, it's bringing what attention a wild to the story. Right. But it's bringing attention to the team. And, and Aaron Ekblad's having to answer to that. And as, as sort of absurd as that might sound, Think about it. Like, it, I'm not just saying this about Aaron Ekblad. Like, any player on the team doesn't have to deal with that crap, usually. And so, I don't think this is the worst thing for them. You know, sometimes, like, what you don't want is good for you. I, I think maybe a little, there's a little element of that here for Florida. So, um, you know, good for Keith Kachuk, legendary player whose son Brady plays on the Ottawa Senators. Remember, he said when he watches Ottawa play, they play their asses off. I'm paraphrasing. And, and he was sort of questioning the sort of commitment or how hard Florida plays. Well, you know, I, I don't think that's the worst thing for a team like this who doesn't get a lot of attention, you know, in, in that negative way at times. And I know if you're like in Vancouver and management, you're probably like, okay, we don't need any more negative attention. But some teams, oh I do know from my time around the league, some teams want that. They, they, they can't create that internally on their own. It's difficult, right? If you're, you're playing in Arizona or you're playing, you know, I'm not going to pick on certain markets, but there's just certain markets where there isn't built in fan or media pressure um, as much as some other places. And I think Florida doesn't mind a little bit of, you know, they're, they're in one right now. They need, they need a little push. Hat tip to uh, David R or David nine, five, four FLA on Twitter, who uh, got some of the key quotes from uh, Keith Kachuk's interview with uh, TSN Toronto 1050. This is do or die for the Panthers right now. They're a soft team, and they're getting everything they deserve right now. They should be a lot better than they are showing right now. And when asked about playing the Maple Leafs, his response was, instead of trying to get autographs with Matthews and Marner, they should probably check a little bit harder. And the quote that CJ was referencing was referencing earlier, I know I sound like a frustrated person, but I know every time I go to watch Ottawa, they might not be the most talented team, but they're always going to play hard. Maybe Florida should take a page out of their book pretty i mean pretty honest assessment you can get away with that if you're keith kachuk i don't have his numbers in front of me but he had a damn good career accomplished a lot and he's always been a straight shooter so good for him i mean he knows the game he's just calling it like he sees it his son matthew actually has had a great season in florida i mean that 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 should not be lost here whatever happens in that trade or your views on what's gone on with the panthers that does not rest at Matthew Kachuk's skates. I, I think that there he has a case. I mean, and then again, we've talked about the non-McDavid Hart division. I, he he has a spot in that conversation. I'm not saying he's the front runner, but I, I would put him in the mix there because he's been that good. Probably a future episode segment, but who is also in that conversation for the Hart, which does kind of seem a bit fruitless because I feel as if it's going to be Connor McDavid's when it's all said and done, but I guess it would still be a fun exercise to determine who could be on the ballot uh, picks through two, five. Yeah. David Pasternak's on my ballot. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll just spoil the surprise right now. Like for me in a world without McDavid, which is a hard world to imagine because that you're Matt, you're it's a total hypothetical doesn't exist, but David Pasternak was the heart trophy winner for me in, in the B flight or the next division or whatever we want to call that. Uh, you mentioned Brooks Kepka, uh trash talking Aaron Eckblack. We did kind of mention it on a previous episode. Um, just reading off a, a quote that's going around here. Uh, Brooks Kepka, for those who don't remember, was at a Panthers game uh, with a, I think it was a plush cone 
and he was yelling uh, at uh, <laughs> from his box at uh, Aaron Ekblad. Uh, was not a fan of his uh, quote going around. I did not bring the cone. He gave up a bad goal. It was a bad pass in the third. I'm a diehard Peas fan, and he gave up a bad goal. Yeah, so he was not happy about uh, Aaron Ekblad's play. And uh, last I remember with Aaron Ekblad saying, uh, yeah, he's not going to be friends with uh, with Brooks Kepka anytime soon because of that. Well, he doesn't need to be. And I'll tell you this much. I've done my own research here. Brooks Kapka goes to a lot of Panthers games. He lives in Jupiter. It's about an hour drive. And he's there all the time. He's a, he's a legit fan. Like, like everybody's come to know to see this clip because it is pretty crazy to see a professional athlete with four golfing majors holding a traffic cone yelling at a, a Florida Panthers play. Like, it seems like almost like incongruent. Like, how is this happening? But he's a legit fan. He played hockey as a kid. Uh, actually had was part of a car accident when he was a, a young young boy and and it basically steered him towards golf because he couldn't play in contact sports after that. And so, you know, Brooks Kapka has got the legit credibility here. I've actually DM'd him. We'll see if he gets back, but I'd love to talk oh. to him about his Panthers fandom. We'll see. I, you know, I, I threw I threw a Hail Mary into the night. Uh, we'll see what Hail happens. Hail Mary. I like but I, I do know he's legit. Like he goes to Panthers games all the time. He loves the team. And he was a frustrated fan on that night and he got videoed and that's, that's where we're at. So if uh, Brooks Kepka responds to the DM and uh, is this going to be a North Star Bets exclusive? Are we getting a CJ show exclusive? Do we have to start preparing, rolling out the red carpet for him as uh, like, our first ever guest on the show? What are we doing? I just want to know his origin story with hockey actually. And then if it's interesting, that's a I good mean, idea. but like not if, if he, I mean, look at it, it's a, it's a low percentage shot. This is like that that Wayne Gretzky quote, like you, you know, you, you can't score if you don't shoot or something. Like, but you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. There you go. Um, but like, really, I if it's interesting enough, I might write a story about it or whatever. I mean, I I just think it's actually interesting that that he's a hockey fan and that he's like he's that into the Panthers and I don't know. If I if I told you about all the the unreturned texts or DMs or like. You always got to be out there trying. I mean, again, even if you conferred on a small percentage, it could be a cool story. Uh, you hear that, people listening or watching this podcast? Shoot your shot in the DMs. Yeah, I mean, don't be a creep, obviously. <laughs> don't be a creep. Don't be a creep. Don't go beyond. I, mean, I literally that. am like, don't... hey, Brooks, my name is Chris Johnson. I'm a hockey journalist. Don't send 700 word essays in the DMs. Yes, there's nothing. I mean, the odds are so small. But I will tell you, over time, like not necessarily, sometimes this stuff pays off. Like you never know. Some people want to tell their story too. Like it sounds That's weird, true. but he he obviously he's done media. He does media every week. He goes out on the Live Golf Tour now, or when he goes to the Masters next week, he'll do lots of media. But he doesn't get to talk about his love of hockey too much, is my guess. And so it sounds strange, but maybe he wants to tell a story. And if he does, give me a call. Last thing before I get to Marty Walsh, Marty Walsh, has there ever been uh, someone who you tried to reach out to for like any type of interview or just a kind of encounter that you really didn't think you had a chance at, but they responded anyway? The the one that actually most comes to mind, I, I kind of previewed this a little bit in the last episode, but I covered the 2006 World Hockey Championships in Latvia. Have I told the story in the pod? Uh, you ended up in a room with the with some like really high up dignitary, didn't yeah, you? I, I got an interview with the president. Yeah, and in that case, I literally I either sent an email or I found a phone number and like left a message, and they like phone back and like, yeah, you can interview the president. 
of and Latvia. I, and, of Latvia, yeah. And I had to, I got picked up on a street corner. I had to surrender my passport because I was going to into the president's house. You got picked up on a street corner in like a Mercedes or like a really like a nice black car kind of service, and ha- literally had to give up my passport and and they like search you and then you go in and I spent an hour in her living room. Um, so that was like that's probably my wildest example, especially at that time in my career. I was like twenty three or twenty four. What I was I was pretty young and I didn't. I covered hockey as much as I covered anything. And I just, I just was like, Hey, I'm going to go to this country. And this woman spent time in Canada and I'm a kid, you know, it was a very loose, I didn't have a plan, put it that way. Sort of like the Bruce, like you actually asked about Brooks Capsco. I don't have a plan. I just know that it might be interesting. So like, why not try to find out about it? In that case, I didn't have a plan and it worked out great. You know, I ended up, I was working at the, the Newswire Canadian press at the time. And the story ended up like getting prominent place in the Toronto star. Uh, with hey. the photo treatment and everything. Like at that point in time, it was hard for me to make it my dent anywhere. And I'm in like the main section of the paper was like a legit story. So foreshadowing. Um, well, and it's funny because I'm sure you get this a lot too, but like there's always younger people asking for advice. And like, I, I hate to give advice because it's so hard. Like there's no real answer, but I will just say, follow your interests and just take your shots. Like in all seriousness, like just try to, if you can, if you think of a story, like just chase it, like see if you can get it. And then if you don't, if they don't respond or if they're rude to you, whatever, just move on and go to the next one. Like it doesn't matter. You just, you got to stay relentless and, you know, patience and passion. Wise words from one Chris Johnson. Anyway, we're all over this. Love spot. It. This is a no, totally different segment than the one we lost. Like this is like a complete, <laughs> it's not just about what I'm wearing or your blurred background. Like this is just totally different now. I actually feel like the last one we might have been a bit more on topic with what oh, was going sure. on. This one is like, like we were on topic, but like this is more fun. So I think people are actually getting the better segment of the two. Okay. That's good. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> like sometimes I forget that anyone's ever going to listen and we're just like telling stories and BSing and whatever. But like, I don't even like know that. I don't even know why I'm telling you that I DM Brooks Kapka. Like, what? what why did, well, I'm glad you did. Why don't I don't have a didn't filter. Know that I in the first filter. one. No, you don't. I need more of a filter. No, you don't. What happens if he Not leaves this. me on red at some point? I mean, he could just do that, but like, let me check. You shot your shot anyway. Oh, you're gonna check now. Okay, Chris Johnson is checking his phone live right well, now. Why not? Let's see if he's. I didn't to actually see if Brooks look. Brooks Kepka <laughs> left him on red or not. There. No. Sent six. Sent six hours ago, but no confirmation he's seen it. Six hours ago. Damn. Damn. Well, he might be playing today. I mean, I don't even, it's, it's the weekend, it's right? It's, you might be like playing That's a golf round. I'm sure he's not too worried about my traffic cone question. Very fair. Um, before we get to stick taps, uh, Marty Walsh, the new head of the NHLPA, had a press conference in Toronto today. What can you tell us about that? It was interesting. You know, like this is a guy. First of all, most NHLPA executive directors are lawyers, and this is someone with an intense labor background. And and so we've known that because we've seen his resume, but it, it kind of hits you when you see him in the room explaining how he got there, you know, growing up with a, a father and an uncle who are, you know, heavily involved in a union, how that influenced his life. Uh, you know, obviously ended, ended up going to politics and, you know, really personable guy, like a different kind of skill set than what other NHLPA leaders, at least as far as I can tell, have had. I mean, obviously he's still going to have lawyers on his side. He's going to have to collectively bargain, which is a 600 page legal 
document between the league and the players. So, so there's a, a tremendous amount of legalese involved, but I think maybe going to be a bit more of a relationship type person and personality. You know, that was my first impression. Um, you know, it's hard to know how that's going to go. It, it's really dependent on how he can get players engaged. He told me he's flying out to the West coast right away now to go and start meeting teams. I think he wants to get in front of as many players as possible and, you know, try to, to do sort of, I don't think there's any quick, it's sort of like campaigning in politics. There's no easy way to do it. You just got to get out there and pound the pavement and shake hands and give out your phone number and talk to people and be honest. And I, and, and I sense that that's what he's he knows do. a lot about that. Well, and I think that that's honestly, I think that's a big part of why the, the player selection committee was drawn to him. It's, it's, he has a different background. It's not to, to say Donald fear did a bad job. It's not to say Bob Goodnow back in the day, Ted Saskin, Paul Kelly. He has a different sort of background than the people that have most recently done this job. And so, you know, what's the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. They're trying something different and, and we'll see if there's some different results If it. If it, you know, he said he's more, he's a collaborative negotiator and he gave lots of examples from his time where he's been negotiating in situations, sometimes very delicate situations, which of course will come up in his time, you know, running the union. Um, and he's been someone who's consistently found a way to get results. So that's, that's what the players are looking for. It's clear. The players don't want someone to go to war with the NHL anymore. This is me talking my opinion. The players want mm -hmm. someone who gets business done. You know, let's grow the pie. We share, we share the money. Let's find ways to open up new avenues to have more harmonious uh, coexistences to put on world cup of hockey tournaments or anything else global series games, whatever it is that can, can bring more money into the league and let's mutually benefit rather than fighting over every little thing that, that seems like the way it's going to go. And, and I'll tell you just the first day, funny Julian, he said, he says, actually when he gets like the, the Q and a starts, he goes, everyone introduced yeah. themselves. He's like, I'm used to like reporters from CNN. Like, like he's like, I don't, basically, I don't know who any of you are. And of course we don't know who he is. And so that it was interesting as a press conference that way, just to kind of get a feel for the guy, because he didn't come out expressing all these hot take opinions about what's going to happen with CBA negotiations. Like, I don't, I don't think he knows that stuff yet. Um, they brought in a true outsider who's, who loves hockey and knows the ins and outs of labor law, but you know, now he's got to get his, his hands dirty and figure out how to move this union forward. Yeah. We'll see how it goes for, for Marty over this next little while. Um, just, just, we mentioned the idea about, uh, you know, growing that pie, like, the fact that NHL players are still in a situation where they have the pie that they have and it pales in comparison to what NFL players get or Major League Baseball players get or NBA players get. I always like to bring up that Connor McDavid makes as much money as Patty Mills uh, from the who used to play for the San Antonio Spurs. Like, like it's just it's wild. It's it. And I mean, I don't know how long that's going to ever take for Marty Walsh uh, or especially with the salary cap as well. Like it's it's a bit of a troublesome issue. Well, they've seen those other well. We still, we'll call them horses. Like those horses have run so far away. You can't even see the top earners in the other sports. Like, how do you even get it back in the same world? Like it, it's not possible. Uh, you know, people might not realize this, that the NHL has not only a salary cap on the teams, the most any player can make is 20% of the cap ceiling at any given moment. So that's a little less than 17 million now. I mean, what does 17 million buy you in the other sports? I mean, it's, it's, it's usually a pretty good player, but it, we're not talking superstars in the other sports again good players like we're not talking bench players either in baseball say or the nba for the most part but like pitchers are getting 50 million some of them and 
you know, LeBron James. Like relievers. Right. It's crazy. Or I shouldn't say it's crazy. Look, you're worth what someone's willing to pay you. That's not my, but what's crazy, I think, is the gap that, that started there. You know, I even think back, Julian, like Yarmir Yager, Bill Guerin is not a GM now. Bill Guerin made like 10 million as a player at a, in a given season a long time ago. And now we still only are getting to 13 million, right? Like, like the, the number has not gone up much because of the system that's been put in place here. I'm not sure Marty Welsh, you know, unless this guy can walk on water, I'm not sure that he he's going to have the ability to undo the hard salary cap or to get a luxury tax in or anything like that. Um, but man, like NHL players, the top guys should be asking those questions and thinking about that. And, you know, one thing he did mention that probably went under the radar today is that he wants to see more opportunities for individual players kind of to market themselves. Like he, he wants to see maybe a push away from this, this team sport identity thing. Guys are anonymous, you know, wearing this laundry or that laundry for this city or that city. And, you know, maybe open up more opportunities for the top guys to make money. And I, I think that makes sense because in a hard cap world, and I think he's probably realistic, he knows it's going to be hard to, to, to change the entire system. But one thing he could do is maybe create lanes in conjunction with the NHL to have some of these individual top players make other money outside of their traditional contract. Very interesting. I would be very interested in that considering uh, how dry uh, the personalities certain NHLers are. At least we like to make that point about them i don't think it's more of a joke at this point i think it's reality so i'm very intrigued at uh, what marty walsh has to offer uh, uh for the players for their sake who knows how it'll go for the next few years well look at the pga tour i don't know if you followed this but they actually incentive guys the players that that most uh the golfers that most get the fans engaged online like i, I can't remember what they call it but basically there's a bonus for like the guys who who create the most interest on twitter um, why can't the NHL try to do that? Maybe players will find a way to be more interesting if there's an incentive for doing so. And, and it's not viewed as like this, this terrible thing within the sports concept. I mean, a creative thinker. And so again, someone who's maybe coming from a little outside the, the, the way the system has worked could, could be beneficial here, uh, for doing those sorts of things. And so, you know, it's such early days, two weeks, he's been on the job, Julian. He was very open about, I don't know all the ins and outs of every issue, he said, if I can't give you an answer today, I'll get you one. Like I'll, you know, do the research and figure it out. And like, I, I don't think he was being evasive with anything, but you know, I, I, there, there's hope when, when someone new comes along because it's new ideas, right? It's a breath of fresh air. And I do think that he's come here not to sort of fight Gary Bettman. I think he's come here trying to figure out how he can work with Gary Bettman and the owners. And, and look, I might be being naive and he might be being naive. Like maybe that's not possible. But I think it's a hopeful way to start the relationship, and we're just going to have to see where it goes. By the way, I really appreciate the fact that uh, throughout this second half of uh, the podcast, uh, you were attentive. You were not completely disassociating yourself as uh, this Toronto Blue Jays game has been going on, which has just ended, by the way. Oh, I, I know. I had it on my phone in the corner. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't know if you want me to spoil it for you or not while you were talking, but uh, I you, saw which you know team what won. The game. I saw what Jordan Romano did. Mopped it up. Nobody else in that pen did crap today, but Jordan Romano got the job done. <laughs> and the Jays fly the W. Yes, sir. Uh, 162-0 is still in play. <laughs> I think a Cardinals Jays World Series is possible. I would be down for that. Maybe this is one of the first games of the season and one of the last games of the season between these teams. Let's have to, we'll, we'll have to talk about this in October. 
Oh, I'm going to forget this by tomorrow. But if you remember by October, <laughs> I hope someone can dust off this clip. But I will have been like, you know, I would have seen it in the crystal ball. Absolutely. Uh, also, as we were talking, uh, Matthew Kachuk uh, has hit the 100 point mark uh, this season. Uh, he has three. Yeah, well, it's uh, he's uh, doing pretty well against Montreal Canadiens as we're recording. But uh, you'll get this by later tonight. And uh, who knows how these results will go. I believe it's time for stick taps, unless uh, there was something else you wanted to add. No, the more I talk, who knows what else I might say. So, oof. <laughs> All right. Uh, we don't usually record taps. at 8 p.m. Like, it's this feels like the show after hours. You know what I mean? 8 p.m. is not after hours. Well, because we normally do it at like hours. 9 a.m. and 7 your time zone. You're rubbing sleep out of your eyes before we go on camera. Like, yes. This, this, this bike. This, by comparison, feels like after hours. Some of our best shows, I find, have come with us like recording later in the day where we're just like, I don't know if we're just overtired or we just have more energy. It's just for whatever reason, we just, it's there. Not that the shows we've done at 7 or 9 aren't good. They're great. But there's something about these later shows. I think it's because we all have like 10 jobs. So like, by if you get this late in the day, we're just like punchy. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you, but like today I did, I was at the Marty Walsh press conference. I wrote a column for North Star Bets on it. Uh, obviously, we're doing the pod. I did insider trading for TSN. I, I was on That's Hockey with Frankie Crotto and Gino Red on TSN. And now we're doing the pod again. I mean, that's that's an extreme day. Like, that's not normal. That's a but lot. It, but it's a day where I had, a, you know, a lot of mouths to feed. I know you, I mean, you do more shows than everyone, man. Like, I just, Somehow you're just like forever in my Twitter feed with a different cast of characters. Uh, plus you're, you're killing it at the athletic producer. Nick's like, he's all over the place. Like he's traveling, doing baseball, hockey, you know, he's doing some other pods at other networks plus ours. So you might anyway. start off being a reporter sometime soon after you called a reporter, Nick. I know, I know that was bad, but honestly, we're <laughs> the show like, like that. We, we, we just got, we're good at getting jobs on this show. We got a lot of them. Yeah, man. Uh, if you if you want a job, <laughs> hey, listen or hang out to with us on the CJ Show episode. We're like the Jack of all trades, master of none show. Yeah, the alternate title for the CJ Show. <laughs> um, I'll just say for my stick tap uh, this week, uh, Tony Brar of Oilers TV will get mine. Uh, I love the video of him trying to do his hit after an Oilers game and uh, Flim Costin stealing the mic, taking it away from him. Uh, he's a good sport. Uh, the very next day he shows up, uh, taping the mic to his hand. Uh, love Tony. Good dude. Uh, can't wait to kick it with him in Nashville at the draft, uh, later this summer, man. So, uh, you are deserving of a stick tap this week. Yeah. Tony's a real one. The real Clem Shady got him there. I like that. Oh my God. The Oilers this actually call nickname. him Shady. They actually call him Shady. One of, one of the ho rare hockey players that doesn't have a nickname. That's a variation of his last name. I mean, it's sort of a that's play on his true. name. But I'll, I'll yeah. give them credit for that. Mine will be a very personal and easy stick tap because it's for Cobra Papa, my dad, Ian Johnston, the biggest fan of the show. Never misses an episode. It is his birthday on Friday. I will be down in Coburg to take him out to dinner. And uh, love you, Dad. Your support is continued support is incredible for everything I do. And uh, I'm glad to see you do another tour around the universe, spin around the sun. Look forward to raising a glass with you to health and happiness and to many more. So, yes, tap to course. my dad. Easy one for Happy me. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Cobra Papa. On behalf of everyone from the 
uh, SDPN, uh, CJ Show Nation. I don't know what we call the fans, but uh, that's what we're going to call them for now. Uh, happy birthday, Cobert Papa. We appreciate and love you. We appreciate your support. And uh, we hope uh, CJ takes you to a really good restaurant. Best restaurant in Coburg. I'll be there. Got Rezzo. I'll tell you this too. If you want, fill up his timeline with happy birthday wishes at Coburg Papa, C-O-B-O-U-R-G-P-A-P-A on Twitter. Mostly because I think it will blow his mind if he gets all these notifications on his phone because I don't think he's getting a lot of interaction on the socials these days. It's okay, man. You'll you'll get it. He'll definitely get it. He'll get some birthday wishes, uh, Mr. Coburg Papa. Happy birthday again. And uh, thank you to everyone uh, for listening to this episode. We had to record this segment twice, but uh, I have to think this uh, this edition was better than the last one, Siege. Twice is nice, man. Happy yes, to do this. Yes, sir. Fun. Happy to do this, too. Uh, get your questions in now for Ask CJ. Uh, CJ will get to some of them for his Inside the NHL newsletter, as well as Ask CJ on Monday. Uh, subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, we'll be back on Monday with a brand new episode. Uh, this has been episode 150 of The Chris Johnston Show. For Chris Johnston, I'm Julian McKenzie. So long. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the start of the MLB season and enjoy uh, the final few weeks of the NHL regular season. Peace. The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want a bet? Inside the game, twice a week. Follow Chris on Twitter at Reporter Chris. And follow Julian McKenzie at JK McKenzie. The Chris Johnston Show.